I'm just going to give God my heart and I'm going to commit. I'm just going this direction. I'm dedicating my path. I'm devoting myself to Him. I'm going to commit. He gives you the desires of your heart. Tonight, I'm speaking on, um, we're dedicating a piano, but the title of the message tonight is A Dedication of the Heart. A Dedication of the Heart. I like to think of music as the language of the heart. Um, in the Bible, the heart is somewhat of a, a curious concept because sometimes it, it seems like the Bible speaking of the mind and other times of the soul and other times of the emotional man. But really, the heart is the innermost part of a person, the deep part of them um, that really is who they are on the inside. That's the heart. God wants our heart. The Bible says, my son, give me thine heart. The prophet said, with their lips they do honor me, but their heart is far from me. Samuel, it says, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God wants our heart. Music is a language of the heart. Um, in Ephesians 5, verses 18 and 19, and it's not our text tonight, but it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. God wants the, the melodies that we sing and the music that we make to be from the heart. And... I think about the music this morning. I was telling Brother Silver about this. I loved the choruses this morning. I loved the, like, the uh, exciting atmosphere coming in here and hearing that uplifting music, that unquestionably good, uplifting music that just boosts you and gets your spirit going for the day. And sometimes I come into church and I feel a little bit down. Sometimes I come and I feel like, how am I going to do this today? I'm just not feeling it. And then I hear the music. And something starts stirring inside of me. And I feel like my heart is getting prepared to, to hear God's word. And if you were to read further in Ephesians 5, you would see that there's a line of thought there. It begins with this idea of singing to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and being filled with the Spirit. And then later on in chapter 5, it starts talking about all the relationships in your life how the servants are with their masters and the masters with their servants and the children with their fathers and the fathers and the mothers towards their children and our hearts toward God. You see, one of the things that music does is it prepares us to get right in our relationships in life. When we think about the sanctification process in the Christian life, so often we think about, well, it's just about me and my relationship with Jesus. It's just about me and Jesus. But God's word tells us all these other relationships in our life reflect our attitude towards God. They reflect our attitude toward Jesus. You see, God gave us government. God gave us authority. The, the powers that be are ordained of God. And God asks us to be right with our authorities. God asks us to be right with our parents, to be right with our siblings, to be right towards the government. And if we're not right in those things, truly, we can't be right with the Lord. And that's a, that's a scary thought. But our text tonight deals with the heart, 
And uh, I think it's one of the clearest passages about what to do with the heart. We know that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The Bible says, who can know it? You see, if the philosophy we hear preached all the time in the movies is follow your heart. Just whatever your heart wants to do, do that. We can see where that lead, leads. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We can't understand it. Yeah, um, if you've ever known somebody, and maybe this is you, who is a little bit more of a feelings-driven person. I, I know as a musician, I tend to be a feelings-driven person, and I have to fight that at times. It's easy to feel one way, one day, and then the next day to feel entirely different. And boy, if you're trying to date somebody who's a feelings-driven person, one week they may be in love with you, and then the next week they hate you. And you're like, what happened to this person that loved me yesterday? Oh, they don't feel like loving you today. That, that can be a little bit difficult. And so much more difficult if that is our attitude towards God. What if our relationship with God is just built on a feeling? Just built on, well, I, I like God because I just enjoy the feeling of being near God. Rather than really grappling with the truth of who God is. And holding on to that. So we know that the heart is deceitful and it can't be trusted. In Proverbs chapter 4, I better turn to the uh, I better turn to the text myself. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 through 27, we're going to uh, read our text for tonight. In this passage it says starting in 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. There's a lot here. Now, we don't really use the word um, keep in the way that it's used here in this passage. We don't really use it this way much anymore. But to keep thy heart is to guard your heart. It's to put up a fortress around your heart. It's to say, I want to be careful about what I let in here. Imagine we've, we've built a wall with towers and guards around our heart saying, we don't want anything in here. That's going to steer me away from God. I am going to guard my heart. I'm going to build a fortress around my heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. See, whether we realize it or not, the direction of our life, God has left up to us. God has given us a free will. He has said, here's what I would, here's what I command you to do, but it's your choice. You choose. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? God has left these decisions up to us. And so, out of our heart flows the issues of life. Our decisions, our desires, our futures depend on the state of our heart. That's a powerful thought. Especially when we know how wicked the heart is. For out of it are the issues of life. Verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, 
and perverse lips put far from thee. So point number, uh, well, I should start with point number one and then get into point number two. Point number one, so a dedication to practice all diligence in my music choices. To practice diligence in my music choices. You see, the Bible says to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I think about how often I just let the radio go. Or whatever happens to come up on Spotify or Pandora. Or we do this with uh, television. We, we let the commercials just go. And uh, if you've studied much into how these commercials work, they, they are a, a form of indoctrination. Um, there's a whole science behind how to indoctrinate people. And uh, truly, that's what commercials are about. So we know they're really about trying to indoctrinate us into buying a product or to indoctrinate us into feeling a certain way about something, and yet we just sort of let it in and say, okay, well, whatever comes up on the television, I'm just going to let it in my eye gate. Um, one new technological development I've been thinking about recently, and I have to fight this and guard this, is this idea of scrolling through short videos. Just pulling up my phone and going like this on these short videos. And how many times I catch myself doing that and realize, oh, that was a bad video that just popped up. You know, because there's no way to really know what's going to come next. There's, a, there's an algorithm behind it, but you're just flipping through and they're feeding you video after video. And I wonder, can I say that I am giving all diligence to guarding my heart when I allow those things to just flow in one after the next? So, first of all, to practice diligence in my music choices. So a challenge here would be, think about, think about maybe your playlists or some of your CDs and ask the Lord. Go, go to the Lord and say, God, does this music please you? Does it honor you? Is this, a, is this a feeling that you want me to have? Is this a direction you want me to go? Um, <laughs> you, guys, you have four amazing associate pastors here and an amazing senior pastor. And I wonder what would happen if you took some of the movies that you have or some of the music that you have and you go and you ask them, do you think this honors God? <laughs> that would be kind of a scary thing. But I think about what God's word has said here. All diligence. All diligence. I have a prop here. This guy's supposed to be the heart. I picked him up at a convenience store. This, this I think it's a pink octopus. It's supposed to be a heart. And uh, an analogy that I heard growing up is the heart is like a sticky ball. Now, this is not a sticky ball, and this is duct tape. But I'm still going to say my heart is like a sticky ball because it's a lot more catchy than my heart is like a, uh, a beanie baby in duct tape. It doesn't roll off the tongue in, this, in the same way. By the way, I love the location of that Best Western Hotel because I discovered that right across the street is this uh, Circle K, where they have frosters. Those, <laughs> those things are amazing. I, I have had one each night. I go over there and buy an extra large and fill it up with slushy and ice cream. Okay. How many of you know what it's like to fall in love? Every married couple better be raising, <laughs> raising their hand. No. You know what it's like 
for your heart to be like a sticky ball. Once something attaches itself, usually, especially the first time, it sticks. And it's there. It attaches itself to our heart. And you know what hurts just about more than anything? That. Getting it off. It hurts. It's an important thing to learn how to do, though. It's a very important thing. God does not protect us from all the hurts of our heart. Sure, life would be easy if he did. But that's not how it works. But what happens when we don't guard it? We let that movie in that we really love. And it it attaches itself to our heart. And we know that We know that there are things in it that don't honor the Lord, but we just really, really love it. And it's there. And pulling it off is hard. Getting that that music that we really love, that we know beyond any doubt, God would not be pleased in it. It's really hard pulling it off. See, the the heart is like a sticky ball. Secondly, a dedication to avoid frowardness and perversion, both in lyrics and style. Frowardness, frowardness and perversion. So I wanted to look up the word frowardness. Frowardness would be the idea of um, something being corrupt. The Bible says in another passage, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, this idea of putting froward, uh, a froward mouth and perverse lips far from, from us doesn't just mean the words we speak, but also the words that we're around, the words that we allow in. We live in the 21st century. There's a lot of technology now. There are a lot of things that we have allowed in. And if we're not careful, they start to slip. They start to slip. We start to forget to put away from us perverse lips. To put away from us a froward mouth. Put it far from thee, the Bible says. Not put it in your living room. (laughs) It's a scary thought. The next verse, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. This is the idea of you have a purpose. You have a purpose in life. Do you know what that purpose is? Do you know where you're headed? So point number three, a dedication to avoid music which steers me away from my purpose. You see, some things may not be wrong in and of themselves. I love good romantic music. I love good march marching music. I love good classical music. I think there are many good, great gifts from God that we're meant to enjoy, good pleasures to have. Ecclesiastes talks a lot about that. So there, there is a place, not just for the sacred, but also for pleasures, for things God wants us to have. But have we asked ourselves, is this steering my heart away from my purpose? Is this, is this a distraction for me? Or is my heart and my eyes set straight forward before me? Point number four, um, to avoid music which is questionable in nature. Questionable. The way that Romans puts it is, he that doubteth, he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatever can't be done in faith, meaning proven, It's unquestionable. We have no doubt about it. 
is going to be sin in the eyes of God. And it says here, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Prove. Prove the path that you're on. Prove the ways that you are, um, that you are set in. Are they established? Do you know that God is, is pleased with these things? And lastly, number five, to repent today. A dedication to repent today of any music which I know displeases the Lord. And we see this in verse 27. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Don't start steering to the right and don't start steering to the left. Just remove your foot from evil. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not going to start leaning towards it. Sometimes, and this is the danger I know that I face with, with myself, I, I start leaning in, the, in a certain direction. And I know, well, I know this is bad, but I don't think that I'm going to mess up. So I'm just going to kind of lean over and enjoy a little bit of it and then find my way right back into the middle. And usually what happens, because of my sin nature, is I start leaning, and then I fall over, and I'm there off the path again, and I have to get back up. And you know what I love about God? It says this in Psalms, God can give us a clean heart. God can give us a clean heart. God, you see, one of the greatest miracles is how God cleanses our souls from sin. That is a great miracle. When we try to purify our own hearts, we really can't. Who can say they've purified their own heart? No one. It's God who does it. God, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you just decide, you know, I'm just going to give God my heart, and I'm going to commit. I'm just going this direction. I'm dedicating my path. I'm devoting myself to him. I'm going to commit. He gives you the desires of your heart. And this comes back to the idea of the sticky ball. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my, my personal testimony and, and experience with music. We listened to a lot of music growing up. A lot of, a variety of different types of music. I love, I love good classical music. I love the, the Patch the Pirate tapes. We listen to those a lot. Even some of the early uh, Disney music, we would listen to some of that. That was enjoyable that was enjoyable music. And there's no sorrow with it. You listen to it, and it's, it's not wrong. It's not something that displeases the Lord, and you can have a clear conscience. And the joy that comes with that, the joy that comes with that is so much better than what happens when you start going down this other way. God gives you the desires of your heart. So, when I was very young, we had a piano in the living in our toy room. It was an old upright piano. And my brother would figure out songs on it. Uh, I think at the time it was Mickey Mouse Club. Not the new Mickey Mouse Club. The old, the old one where they said they loved you. What was it? Why? Because I love you? Or something like that in the old Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I always thought that was a little odd. <laughs> oh, no. Why? Because we like you. That's what it was. Because we like you. No. Who's the leader of the band that's made for you and me? That one. M-I-C-K-U-I. M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. 
So as a kid, I got that stuck in my head. I wanted to be part of the Mickey Mouse Club. More than that, I wanted to live permanently in Disneyland. You know, every time I got in the car and my parents weren't there, I was behind the steering wheel pretending I was on my way to Disneyland. <laughs> so, short story, my parents are amazing. I, when I was 11, we dreamed of going to Disneyland all our lives. We woke, the, my parents woke us up at 6 a.m. It was a complete surprise. And they said, get out of bed and get in the car. We're going somewhere. Now, we live in Oregon. It's a long ways from Los Angeles. And my parents started driving south. And my, I'm there, and my sister's there, and my brother's there. And we're like, where are we headed? I don't know. And we drove south, and we just kept driving and driving. And we passed one uncle's house, and we passed another uncle's house, and we passed the last uncle's house. And I'm like, there's no more uncles. I know where we're headed. We're headed to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> we're headed to Disneyland. And... Um, I figured it out pretty. I figured it out pretty quick. Once we passed the last turn out, the last turn, I knew this has got to be Disneyland. I just know it. And sure enough, it was. And it was the most amazing experience for me as a kid. Like the Bible says, "Hope deferred maketh the heart sick." We really want it in our heart. We really want it, and God keeps saying, "No, no, no! You can't go to Disneyland." And then one day. You wake up at 6 a.m. and you get in the car and you're headed to Disneyland. And you think, we got two weeks in Disneyland. It, it was like, as a kid, it was amazing. And there's the joy of it. There's the clean conscience. You just get to enjoy it. That's how God is toward us. He wants us. He wants to give us good gifts. He wants us to be able to enjoy his love and his presence but he asks for us to cleanse our hearts. He asks for us to repent. If we're going to be able to enjoy that close, intimate relationship, we have to be willing to let go. And hold on. So, where was I headed with that? Oh, yes, the heart. Oh, okay. So, yes, when I was very young, Mickey Mouse Club on the piano. And uh, I was two years old, and I, I figured out the tune. And um, at the age of five, my parents took me in for piano lessons. And uh, they, I, I knew from the beginning, I, I thought, this is something that I love. I already felt good at it. And I uh, went in for piano lessons. And uh, a little bit later on, when I was six, my dad started taking me to nursing homes. And that was his idea. We should go to nursing homes and minister to people. And we did that. Um, every month, we'd go to the nursing home and play, my sister and I. I would play the piano, and she would play the violin. By the age of 11, the opportunity came to start playing in church. And so I got to do that. And what I saw was that God just decided over time to just continue increasing um, our skills and abilities. He saw that we were using it for for those purposes. And that wasn't me. That was my dad. My dad was the one with this heart that said, I, I want you to serve in nursing homes. And I saw how God blessed that. When we put him first, he, was, he decided to just increase our skill and increase our abilities. By the age of 18, um, I graduated from a community college uh, with dual credits um, for a, a, an associate's degree and my high school diploma and was trying to decide what to do with school. And I kept going back and forth. Should I do Bible college or should I do music school? 
And God just didn't seem to be saying one way or the other. And my heart was for the Lord either way. I knew if I go to music school, it's so that I can dedicate all of the things that I learn to serving God in music. And uh, I spoke to, I just spoke to lots of counselors and eventually realized, you know, I think Bible college. I just need to do a year of Bible college. So I went down to West Coast and was speaking to the professor, and I said, Professor, I want to do one year of Bible only, and I don't want to do any music. I just want Bible. And he said, no, I think you should do music. I don't, I don't want to do music at a Bible college. I want to do music at a conservatory. I'll do Bible here and music there. And he said, no, I think you should do music. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do music. And... God had some amazing things ready for me that I could not have seen. And that professor um, helped me more than I ever could have imagined with my music. He said, don't just stay a year. Stay until God says go. Stay until God says leave. Don't limit him to one year. So I did that too. And I was there for two and a half years. And then God said, okay, you can go. And I was enjoying it, but it was like, okay, I get to go to music school now. So I went to a state school and studied with a Russian piano professor there for two years, and I got my bachelor's degree, and I was ready to go get my master's at a conservatory. So I got all of my, pa my paperwork together, got my auditions together, and I thought, I'm going to go to New York and study music. And I was accepted to the live audition rounds in New York and in Indiana. And I go there, and here's... Here's how you know the competition is steep. You get there and they ask, well, what country are you from? The students come up to you. I'm from America. Oh, you're from America? Wow, I'm from Germany. You know, this kid over here, I, I'm from Argentina. You know, I'm from France. Like, you're, you're an outsider if you're from the United States and you're in the United States. That's how you know this is a pretty competitive atmosphere. I represent the USA. Um, so, um, needless to say, in spite of all the promises and in spite of the positive responses from the professors and the guarantees, all of the doors shut. And God said, no, don't go to, don't go to the conservatories. And uh, that was difficult for me. That was like letting go of a, of a lifelong dream. And I don't know that it's always going to be a no there, but I do know for right now that's not what God has for me. And what I've seen over and over again in my life is, yes, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. It's not easy. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. God has something amazing planned. If you can just let go and trust him, he's got something in mind. So give him your heart. Give him your heart. Decide, I'm going to dedicate to the Lord that music that I know shouldn't be there, I'm going to go to the Lord about it. I'm going to ask him. And sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says yes. And you're expecting a no. Sometimes he says, I'm okay with that. You do the Bible study, you look at it, and you go, oh, that was okay. I'm glad I asked. And other times, you thought a song was perfectly okay, and you ask the Lord, and you're like, oh, I didn't see that before. I didn't notice that before. I didn't see how that was affecting me. Thank you. For helping me see that. So, yes, um, a lot of music in my life 
And I will say, this is the first time, this is the first time I've had the opportunity to travel and play and speak on music, and I just want to say thank you. Thanks for, uh, for having me here, and, I, and you were a great blessing to me. The Frosters were a great blessing to me. You prob- that's probably number one on my list. That and the Chico Chicken, the, the KFC of the Koreans. <laughs> there, if you ever get a chance, the Cheese Snow Chicken, I, I'm, I know I'm going to crave that and probably fly up to Canada just to eat it. So anyway, I, this, it has been an amazing experience for me, and thank you. And thank you to Pastor White for um, inviting me here. And uh, it has been a great blessing. So thank you, Pastor Taylor. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.